Welcome in Sideline Sports Show, episode number 30 here on this lovely Thursday night afternoon, Tim. You're still keeping Tim. count. I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed, I, know. I, I gotta say. Well, I can count. That, that's a good thing. NGU taught me that much, Tim. Uh, <laughs> right. Glad to have you with us here on this lovely Thursday. Tim, uh, first off, I, I want to shout out your shirt, dude. Uh, because this hey, dude, you know, hey. as a Clemson fan, this dude is literally wearing a Georgia Tech shirt. Uh you know, in honor uh, of our great sponsor, Section 103, you know, they sent me the shirt a while ago. There you go. Well, you know, well, this is perfect timing, Tim. Perfect timing. Exactly. See, I, I know I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional, okay? Yeah, there you See, go. You know, I'm close to it, but they sent me this free, you know, and I haven't been able to fit into it for the longest time. You know, I, I've been getting in shape, losing weight and everything, and I finally felt good enough to put it on and stuff, and I'm like, I feel like I look good, and I want to rep our sponsors, man. Yeah, but we're not only repping our sponsor, Tim. Uh, our special guest comes from Atlanta itself and she is basically known for all of her three-pointers that she drills inside McCamish Pavilion and it's Sarah Bates as she joins the show. Sarah, thank you for joining. It, it's it, it, This you. has been a five-month, like, I feel like it's five months. It's not really been five months, but we've tried to get Sarah on the show for like ever, but you know, it's like what Tim said before the show. It's not like she's a D1 basketball player or anything like that, but we're grateful for you to join the show. No, I felt so bad. It was like I knew I could have something, and then we end up having a dinner or something. I'm like, oh, I got to cancel again. But it happens. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So uh, let's go ahead and kind of cover because uh, and we were talking before the show. Your story of how you ended up at Georgia Tech's unique. Um, we'll we'll kind of piece it piece by piece. Um, but let, let's start out in Southern California, uh, from where you're from. You started at what I thought was a Juco school, but you told me it's a small division one school. Uh, so I'm glad you corrected me on that. Um, and then you ended up at Kansas state. So uh, tell us kind of how that transition kind of worked for you. Yeah. So, um, I'm from Fresno, California, and I ended up going to UC Santa Barbara my first year, which is like lower division one. We basically, we play like Cal state Northridge. University of Hawaii, Cal Poly, but like people out here don't know where that is. Like they don't know the schools, but basically it's like a beach school and it's really like my dorms were on the beach. Everything was nice. Everything was cool. But um, yeah, basketball wise, I had a really good first year and I just wanted to play like power five. That was like my goal because everyone said I wasn't good enough to play power five. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go play power five and see what I can do. So I ended up transferring and then my only option for Power 5 was Kansas State. That was the only school that offered me. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go there. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, like, I had to register that year anyways, and it wasn't the best experience just basketball-wise and life-wise. So um, luckily I got out of there, and I ended up getting an offer here. And, um, yeah, Georgia Tech, so I ended up coming here. They, like, welcomed me in, and then I spent – I got to, like, be eligible right away, which was great, and then spent the last four years here. Yeah, three years. Yeah. Yeah, three years. It's been a while, but – That's awesome. Uh, so, obviously, when you came in, uh, Nell Fortner came in as well as the brand-new head coach. So, you, you're kind of new to the, the whole program. And then so is Coach Nell Fortner. How did all of that work out uh, as you kind of continued your career at Tech? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was her first recruit, so that was pretty cool because I came in with her. And, um, yeah, it was just great because I wanted, like, a real family environment, like family atmosphere and coming from a place that was 
an awful experience. I mean, Santa Barbara was great, but coming from K-State, I uh, I just wanted a good family-like atmosphere and a place I could play basketball. So um, they just really provided that for me. And luckily, like, I still have a great relationship with the coaches. Like, they're helping me because um, I'm going to go get a master's somewhere and I have another year of eligibility because of the COVID year. So they're basically going to go help me find the place. And it's just – it's all ended on, on good terms. So Awesome. Yeah, well, it- what – Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, um, I, I noticed that you talked about that that you announced that you were entered the transfer portal. Um, mm-hmm. take us through that that that, that decision, or if there if there's anybody that's kind of in the early lead for your service. Yeah. Um, I just I made the decision just because I want to get a master somewhere, and um, I mean, I had a great experience here, but this was kind of like end of an era for us. Like my all my best friends were were all graduating or going mm-hmm. to play pro professionally so um it was just kind of one of those things like I'm getting to have another free experience somewhere and get a you know a master's and the COVID year like I I would be done this year if not so um definitely just a new experience and honestly I have no idea where I'm gonna go it's like still wide open I'm kind of just talking to schools figuring things out but probably gonna decide like right after graduation so like mid-May just we'll see I don't know (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, there, there's two more questions I want to ask you. Uh, the first one, um, you you took a very, very hard second year at Tech uh, for you when you had that ankle injury. Kind of walk us through that process because you were playing fantastic, probably one of your yeah. gra- best starts that you've had in your career. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have this ankle injury. Tell us how that process was like for you. Yeah, I um... – well, it was hard because so uh, first year coming into tech, I just wasn't really in a very good mental space. So um, and we also had a pretty good team. Like there's people already in my position, which I kind of knew coming in, but I just wanted to be in a better environment. So um, coming in, like I didn't necessarily expect to play a ton. And the first year I didn't. Um, and that was also on me just like not. I mean, I really hated basketball at that point, which is kind of hard to say. But just through my experience, like it's crazy that you can just learn to hate something that you've always loved. And so that year, after that year, I ended up just somehow in practice, like getting a starting spot the next year. And I just was playing well in practice. And I was like, wow, like I actually love basketball again. Like I'm in a great environment, great coaches. Like I just like have a love for the game again. And so I was playing well. And then all of a sudden like hurt my ankle and I was hoping it was just going to be like a couple of weeks or a week or two and end up being nine months, which sucked because that basically was like the whole year we went to March Madness, which it was cool to be a part of, but I didn't actually get to compete in it, which was unfortunate. And then um, coming back was probably the hardest because it was like, I was like, trust the process. Everything's going to be fine. Like God's, you know, has a plan, everything. And then um, getting back into it was really hard because I just was still struggling with my ankle at the beginning of the year and I was just trying to practice and I wasn't hundred percent and like not picking up a ball for nine months is like, and then picking it up and trying to play like two weeks before you start to like have a game. It's like pretty challenging, but luckily like I found it, you know, I found like my skill again. I was like, where did it go? Like I, I can't make a shot. And it came like towards the, I think, like, probably starting, like, January was when I really, like, started playing well and shooting well. But 
beginning of the season, it was I was rough. I was just missing everything and, and struggling, and I was slow. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm just going to have to keep working. So. And you mentioned your mental space kind of wasn't right. Um, I, for me personally, I was a baseball player and stuff. And I, when it came to my career to an end, I got to a point where you like where you said you were hating basketball. I hated baseball. Like I couldn't stand it. It got to a point where I was just I was over it. And it, it took a couple of years before I finally got the love back for the game. Just like it, it didn't take quite as long for you. Uh, for, for the young athlete out there, do you have any advice for them that they're going through that maybe that mental block and, and they're currently at that point in their career? Um, I would say you just need to be in a space that's going to like allow you to grow and get better at what you love to do. And it's going to take time and it's obviously not going to be easy, but I almost, I almost quit multiple times. Like I was almost like, I'm done, I'm done. Um, and so for me, I guess it was just being in like a better space just in general helped me to actually find the love for basketball again because when you're in like a negative environment it's kind of hard to you know try to find good things when everything else seems to be going wrong so I guess just putting yourself around positive people and um I don't know just allowing yourself to like find the little things like going up and shooting or going you know having fun with your friends like going and playing pickup like little things like that that can help you find that joy again which is what helped me, but I know it's easier said than done, but, um, I think for me, when I started to see the progression of like, I'm actually getting better at something that I used to love to do was when I really like, I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm getting playing time. Like it's, I really love this thing. Like, but I know it's not um, easy for everyone to just, you know, pick it up like that again, but I just would say, don't give up because I think it always comes back around to you. That's awesome. I mean, because really, like, as fans or even former athletes like me and Tim, like, we understand how that is. But a lot of people from the outside and looking in really don't see that uh, that struggle that's kind of going off the court. So that's a really good vision yeah. to see. And you mentioned about finding that great space around you. And I can mm-hmm. tell, uh, based off the roommates that you have and the teammates yeah. that you have, uh, you find some joy in doing some TikToks every now and then. Uh, yeah. Before some pregames, is that a pregame ritual for you? Is that one of your it favorites? It is. It's one of my pregame rituals, but not everyone will do TikTok with me because it's not their pregame ritual, and so okay. they think that if they do it with me, that it'll mess up their pregame. Oh. I'm like, I swear it's gonna be good, but I just do them anyway, so I'm like, it's okay. Now, do you think about pulling a Juju Smith Schuster and dancing on the opposing team's logo? I'm just listen. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. It say, hey, I mean, I mean, there's some Tiger fans. If you did dance on that logo, they may they may fight you. I'm just saying. I, honestly, I'm I'm with it. I'm with the smoke. I want it. Hey. Look, I, I'm telling right, you, the right team. I'm with it. <laughs> Look, I, I think you really could have done it at Clemson because when she went to Clemson, South Carolina, Tim, she literally had 12 in the first half, uh, finished with 17. I mean, I, I think she was up there yeah. for one of the top leading scorers that night. She could have done kind it. Of fair. Hey, hey, you guys came away with the W that night. I think it all's fair from that point. So, <laughs> yeah. But who, who's the who's the teammate that does not like you doing that the most? I I, I know it's not Lorella Kubai. I know that for a fact. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think. Car- Carter doesn't so, like it. I don't know. Pre-game. So the one who makes the TikToks with me is Lorella Kubai. Yeah. But pre-game, she will not make a TikTok with me because Ooh. her pre-game. Her pregame ritual is like, like she has to do everything the same, 
And okay. for me, I'm like, so I'm like, go with the flow. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. Like, I'm really not superstitious. Like, I try to act like I am, but I do different things every day. So it's like, okay. I might wear the same shoes and I'm like, yeah, I'm superstitious, but I'm really not. So it's just more of like a superstitious thing. And I'm like, it's okay. okay. I'll be, and I'll be like, get in it. I'll like try to put her in the background. She's like, no, I can't. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but after right. the game, take one with me. So who's your favorite person to do TikTok with? low yeah lorella definitely lorella yeah okay i i could see that i could see that yeah. you've been working all right to do tiktok because i i yeah. me and the dancing part is just not not a, a good thing so, so i mean listen, you to, and, and you, don't always, you don't yeah we don't always have to dance we can do something oh, okay cool, you know just a little trend we can figure that's it true. out that's true yeah you <laughs> i can do that, that. yeah i think you can snap and clap that's it just snap and clap. That's all we need. Yep. Uh, I, go. got go. I got it. I got it. Tutorials by Sarah Bates how to do a TikTok, Tim. You, you passed stage one. Officially a TikToker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last thing, Sarah, uh, before you go, um, you have a, a, well, you're technically majoring in business. I, I'm trying to think business what? I, I, I don't want to get it wrong. Management. Yep. And so yep. you actually own your own small business. Um, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that as like your side hustle for college. Yeah. So, um, I just love fashion and I just started a brand, uh, last July and it's been kind of rough because obviously I was in season and all that. So trying to like manage a business, talk to manufacturers, like I can't go through anyone in America, which is hard because of like all these shipping problems here and all these like warehouse issues with like not having stuff available so i'm having to like go overseas like talk to people wait like two months or stuff to get in and um it was really rough but i guess like at least during the season i wasn't too focused on it so it was like i was able to like you know like try out different things about how i want my brand to be and like all that kind of thing uh all that kind of stuff so um now that i'm done with basketball for this season i'm definitely gonna like lock in more and just like get a few more things out there i already have like a couple shirts some shorts some hats so it's just like basic stuff right now but i definitely want to like expand like i want to be a full-on fashion brand so that's awesome gotcha. all right so where can people find that just yeah. just so we know they can find that in my instagram bio it's awesome all right and then tim you got one yeah, last thing don't you uh, yeah we can't let let you go because the final four just happened you know and, and i oh, wanted yeah. Your thoughts, both the men and the women, you know, like South Carolina mm -hmm. came out in the women's side. Uh, North Carolina should have come out of the men's side, but, you know, just, just I don't know what happened with, with the floor on Baycott with his ankle. I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah. Kansas come out on that side. What are your thoughts on the final four and stuff that there were some really good games on both sides? Yeah, it, honestly, it was so fun to watch. And I mean, okay, so for men – I mean, I'm supposed to hate North Carolina, but I'm I was also supposed to hate Kansas. Like like KU when I was at K State, KU was like the worst place mm. in the world to us. Like that's how it was supposed to be. So realistically, I did kind of want North Carolina to win just because like I really liked how they were playing by the end of the season. But KU's just I mean, they're kind of a dominant force. Like it's pretty hard to guard them. And the fact that you can come back from sixteen, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous, especially yeah. in that game so there was that and then the women's game honestly like I, I wanted South Carolina to win I mean besides Stanford losing early but in the championship game definitely South Carolina like 100 percent 
Tim, you know why she says South Carolina? It's because they beat UConn in the regular season. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. I, that's right. That's right. Y'all, I think y'all beat them by like double digits or something like that. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was something like, like you that. You would think you would think I would want them to win so it would make us look better, but no, just no. I was torn because I didn't want UConn to win, but I'm a Clemson mm-hmm. fan and I really didn't want South Carolina to win. So it's like, it's like whatever for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was yeah, kind of kind of torn. Yeah, I think it's just because South Carolina hasn't won as many. And, like, I know a few girls on the team, so it's, like, they're really cool, like, whatever. I really don't know anyone from UConn, but it's just, like, South Carolina, I don't know. They haven't won as many, and they just play with, like, swag, which I like. I mean, I just yeah, think they, it's they had theirs in 2017 or 2018. I can't remember which year. Yeah. But I know that they had theirs a couple years ago. You know, one was enough, okay? One was yeah. enough. But, anyway. but yeah, um, Aaliyah Boston, she was practically a dominant force the entire NCAA tournament, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, and, like, I don't know if – did y'all see the video of, like, the sports center where it showed, like, um, last year's game and her crying and, like, this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That just was, like, awesome because I just – I mean, she's obviously not an underdog. Like, I mean, she's a dominant force. But just because people were talking so bad about her, people were talking so bad about, like, how she missed a layup. Like, you know, you see all these men – and I mean, no offense. But you see all these men in the comments who don't play sports – they're like, how does someone miss a wide open layup? Like, everyone hates women's basketball, whatever. So, like, she just came back and, I don't know, went crazy. So, I was like, I just love that. And she just seems really sweet and stuff. So, for sure. And one but last thing, I got one, you, la- one NC last thing. Oh, sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Okay. <laughs> what if NC there. State, what if NC State or Louisville made it? Would you still have went with South Carolina? Ooh. Can, wait. Are they competing against each other to go to? No, it's it's because uh, if I'm correct, uh, NC State would have uh, if they would have beat UConn. I I really believe mm-hmm. they probably would have made it against South Carolina. Uh, Louisville, I think, had to take on South Carolina. If I'm right, mm-hmm. am I right, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what if they? Oh, what if that was the national championship? Who would you go with, NC State or Louisville? Ooh. NC State. Okay. Is there a reason why? <sighs> that won't get you in trouble. I don't know. I, I mean, I know a couple of people on the Louisville team, like Emily Engsler. She's really good. She was from Syracuse, so I know her. But I just know a lot of the NC State girls, and like, even though they've won, and it's like annoying because you're in the same conference, and like, you don't want to see another team just like dominate. I just, I mean, I kind of like how they play, and I just think they're like a good team. And I don't know, they. They should have won. They should have beat UConn. I was so mad. I was like, "Ugh." Me too. Was- I'm so bad. <laughs> Especially when they went into the um window overtime, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna win," and then it just didn't happen. I was like, "Dang." Yeah, but- I honestly had them winning it all for me. Uh, my second mm-hmm. bracket had Georgia Tech just because I was biased. So I, you know, they they go. <laughs> That's so, yes, because honestly, y'all had the yeah. good region to kind of match it up in, and I honestly thought if. If Georgia Tech made it all the way to play NC State, I honestly, the way y'all came back in that second mm-hmm. half against NC State, y'all could have made a run for it. And so that yeah. was kind of like my surprise bracket where it's just like, okay, who's my surprise teams? And mm-hmm. y'all could have all the way. Had a good, yeah, we definitely had a good bracket. Unfortunately, like it wasn't, you know, in the cards for us this year, but we had a good side. I mean, it was, I thought it would be better to play Stanford in the next game True. than play. And play South Carolina, exactly. especially after South Carolina lost to Kentucky in the SEC championship. I was like, I do not want to play them because they're going to be by yeah. ninety. 
<laughs> I don't blame you at all. So, yeah. All right, Tim, did you have something else? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, I want to know. I mentioned it earlier about the Baycock with North Carolina. Do floors usually do that? Because they came out and said that, 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 that there was nothing really wrong. And I'm like, we all see the video that the floor yeah. comes off the ground. And uh, is, is yeah. that normal? Because I don't think that is. I don't think so. But I know, like, since a lot of those floors are, like, they put them in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not like it's just built there. Like, they uh, – I don't even know how to explain it. Like, like you know, like, those big arenas where they just, like, put the tile in or, or I meant the, the flooring mm-hmm. in. So, yeah. whenever you dribble on those floors, it always feels like there's, like, a hollow – like part underneath it and I always hate playing on this floor because like they hurt your knees like they hurt your ankles whatever so the fact that he already was having an ankle problem and then it looked like it came up I was like okay and then people were trying to say it didn't come up they're like it was just his ankle and I was like mm, it kind of came up like yeah I think the video yeah. says otherwise with the thing literally coming off the floor but exactly but I don't know yeah and it was and have have you ever played on a floor like that? I know, and was Greensboro, North Carolina, like that at times? Yeah, it is because you definitely like, and there's like we'll dribble around and find like the hollow spots, which like basically if you if you don't pound the ball, it's like the balls might like roll away because some of those spots, like if you don't dribble super hard, it's just like the ball doesn't come right back up to you. So that's interesting. But, All right, Tim, you got yeah. anything else? Are you getting oh, yeah. I just I, okay. love, I love talking ball, man. I'm sorry. Oh, I love yeah. That's true. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you. Well, Sarah, <laughs> thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Now, look, anytime you want to come back on the show, please feel free. Even if you okay. transfer, we will still be glad to have you on. Yeah, uh, wherever you go next, if, I'll, I'll wear their shirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do the same. Yeah. We'll do the same. So sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. That's Sarah Bates. You're welcome. Anytime. That's Sarah Bates. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, one last time. Thank you, Sarah. We appreciate thank it. You. You're welcome. All right, that's Sarah Bates, Tim. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was funny. You mentioned you said she was coming on the show, and then I saw on Twitter that she was transferred. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting interview, but I was fun. I like, I loved it. It was yeah. awesome, you know, and she was great about it. And, you know, just, yeah, just glad, it, to, just glad to talk ball anytime you can. I think it's interesting to see it from a different perspective because yeah. I think when we see it, it's just like, oh, you know, we see it. From like a former athlete tour you but mm-hmm. when you don't get into somebody's shoes I, I love how she mentioned the mental health issues and stuff like that because i feel like a lot of college athletes kind of go through that and like a lot of people don't see that and i think it was a really good perspective for uh her to put in the perspective as a actual d1 athlete um explaining how that kind of goes on for her so we're super yeah. thankful to have her on the show yeah, and she put it into perspective i mean she talked about the mental toughness side of it moving from you know like we're up here just just hating basketball at one point to finally finding the love for it again. And, and that can be tough, especially when you have plans that you, you, you go to a big 12 school that don't work out, you go back across um, to California and UC Santa Barbara. Then you go all the way across country to Atlanta, Georgia. That could be tough. That can be a lot, you know, not really getting to meet a lot of teammates and get to know them very well. And that can be very tough, but you know, it was interesting to hear her perspective on that and how she dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the men's and the women's national championship game, even though we just talked a little bit about it with Sarah. We're going to go a little bit more into depth when we come back. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back in. Sideline Sports Show here. Ben and Tim, we just got done talking with Sarah Bates. Fantastic. I mean, fantastic interview. Uh, we'll have it up uh, on the podcast land tomorrow. If you're on Twitter, uh, join us on Facebook and uh, YouTube. Go check that out uh, because you can actually comment and leave questions for us if you have any as we talk about the two national championships uh, for both men and women's college basketball. So, Tim, let's go ahead and start with the women's uh, since we just got done talking to Sarah Bates. We yeah. talked about it a little bit. UConn took it on South Carolina. It looked like it was close for a little bit, and then South Carolina just kind of took control. Um, t- tell us what your thoughts on were about the women's game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, Boston just it's just too much for for uh, UConn. Man, she she been dominant all tournament long. That they played tight defense just like they have all season long. You know, and as she mentioned, that they lost to Kentucky in the SEC championship game. You didn't want to play them in the NCAA tournament, and boy, was that true. I mean, they rolled through that thing. I mean, did they even really have a close game in that tournament? Really, really, truly? I don't. I can't really think of one. Of I don't know. I think they I won don't... both. They won the Final Four and National Championship game by double digits. Yeah. So, I mean, there was never really any kind of concern there. And I, I saw today uh, on ESPN that uh, the Atlanta Dream actually got the first pick in the WNBA draft through a trade. So they, the, Leah Boston, may be making her way to it. The ATL. That would be fantastic. That that would make my year for Atlanta sports, uh, because Aaliyah Boston is literally just phenomenal. I mean, you look, and it's just like Sarah Bates said earlier. You watch that team, just how it played throughout the year. She was the main leader of that team. So to have her be a leader of the Atlanta Dream, sign me up. It, it would be fantastic. Um, but it's like you said. I mean, you go back. I mean, really what felt like the national championship in my mind, like a game, a national championship game, was that UConn-NC State game because it was so close. It went down to the wire. Paige Beckers was on fire for UConn. Um, but, I mean, that felt like a national championship game to me. South Carolina eventually taking control of UConn felt like it was obviously going to happen, but it never felt like a national championship game to me in my mind. That's yeah, just that's my opinion. Um, and oh, yeah. I, it kind of speaks to how dominant they really were, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think the the other thing that people were like, oh, well, I didn't like the women's tournament that much. I think there wasn't as many upsets as the people thought there were going to be. Um, because, uh, honestly, you go back and look, there wasn't as many upsets. Um, I think when Baylor went down in the women's tournament, I think that was probably the biggest upset of them all. And then I think NC State and UConn was probably the the second biggest. Well, um, um Creighton, a 10 seed, got all the way to the Elite Eight and yeah. took on South Carolina, right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was something. Yeah, Creighton was probably the Cinderella team of the of the whole thing. So, I I mean, the, the women's tournament was really good. If you didn't get to watch it, it there I honestly watched more women's basketball this year than I almost did men's, really, because it was just that good all year long, especially in the ACC. The ACC was packed with a lot of teams that were talented. Georgia Tech was up there. NC State was up there. Miami was up there. Um, North Carolina was up there at times. Uh, th- there was just a lot of dominant teams within that ACC. And then uh, watching that SEC tournament, especially with South Carolina and Kentucky kind of going down to the wire and eventually Kentucky winning that game, it was really, really fun to watch. So, I mean, going back and looking, this really season for the women's sports was really, really fun to watch, Tim. It really was, for sure. I mean, it, both sides really enjoyed the tournament. was was great all around, both men and women. So, yeah. Uh, it, it, overall, entertaining. So, but yeah, I, I want to transition this time now to, to the men's game. Like, I mean, what did you think? Of the, 
North Carolina being the one that ended Coach K's you know, due career at home, and he ended his actual career in the NCAA tournament when they met for the first time. So first off, I want to give a shout out. Uh, Cayman Rucker, um, who um, I, I know very well, got to sing the national anthem before the Final Four. Fantastic job representing North Carolina. Kudos to him. Fantastic job. Um, but that game, I don't know how Coach K could retire, Tim. I really could <laughs> Because let's be real, his very last home game loses to North Carolina. His very last game of his career, Tim, loses to North Carolina. I, I just I don't know how Coach K could go out like that. I I I, I but I, as a I hear coach you. personally, I could not walk out like that. Like I could yeah, not that be would like, be tough. But the problem is they've gone through all the trouble in which that they've already got a coach in waiting. They've he's already technically I guess the head coach now since since the season's over with. Ah, uh, you've already had him in recruiting. Uh, I don't think there's any way possible. I mean, again, a lot of those guys are going to be one and done going to the NBA draft this year right. for Duke. I mean. I'm with you though. I thought me, I'm coming back. But yeah. like, I, I think you could tell in Coach K's talk and the way he was talking. Yeah, he was done. In press conference and stuff, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm ready to spend time with family." Because I mean, you know, he's not a young man anymore. He's definitely getting up there in age, and I think he, he realizes it's time that this rivalry uh, in Duke basketball definitely needs the next step, and the next rivalry in the Duke UNC needs some more coaches or some some younger coaching. So, and I, I think. Coach K was uh, going to do that, and I, I think that Duke will be in the right direction. You know, I, again, my side to see Coach K go. Yes, because electric coach, uh, you know, he's a legendary coach, but he, he gave a lot of trouble to to our team's been. Yeah, uh, Georgia yeah. Tech, he has the most wins against, and Clemson second most. So yeah. against any opponent. So, but otherwise, man, just a historic career, and I, I, I do love, love Coach K, the man. I think he's a great guy and stuff. But, but I th- unfortunately, he's not going to get the write-off into the sunset, but, you know, a winner. Yeah. But it's still, nonetheless, in a historic career for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And then uh, let's move to that next game. North Carolina advances, uh, and they play Kansas. Yeah. Tim, I'm going to be honest. By the time a halftime hit and they were up, I think it – I want to say it was 42-25, I think, was the halftime score. Um, I was like, man, North Carolina's got this in the bag. So I went and I took a shower, came back. I see that Kansas has brought back that 16-point deficit and has tied it up. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And then Kansas finishes out that game. Unbelievable. And it's like you said, I think the, uh, you can't really say the floor played the biggest factor in that game when UNC only uses five guys the whole game. I mean, really. I think they only – I think total players, they use six. I, yeah. I really do. Only yeah, I six think, players I think, have I think yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, when, I mean, when, when you got something good and you know, you write it, but you know, stuff injuries can happen if you do that. You know, unfortunately, it happened in the last two minutes, under two minutes to to Baycott, who really truly, I mean, they're down by one. Who knows what happens? He he maybe he looked like he was going to get fouled. He was going to go the free throw line. He, maybe he makes both. Maybe he makes one. Either way, could have tied it or taken the lead. Next time, uh, Manic, the you know the guy that looks like a. Like a caveman, to be honest with you, a great player though. But um, they're able to back down on him with ease. They're not able to do that that easily on Baycott, and I'm not so sure that 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 they're able to get that uh, bucket that gave him some insurance down there at the end. So then you had that weird run where the Kansas Jayhawk stepped out of bounds uh, and allowed North Carolina to drop a play. Hubert Davis, I'm sure that play he didn't call uh, uh, to be executed just like that. 
to be an air ball. But that's ultimately what, what happened. And Kansas comes from behind down 16 in the first half to win their na- first national title since what? 2000. How long has it been? It's been a good, I, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a good while, but I, I will admit, I, when I, when I saw it at halftime, I was like, man, this is done. But the way Kansas came back in that game, uh, and I, I think it was really cool because um, Sarah mentioned this a little bit. Uh, going back a, a year ago, Aaliyah Boston was crying and was upset. Yeah. You go back, and I saw this crazy statistic, Tim, that the two teams that were projected to win it all in the year of 2020 before the March Madness tournament got canceled were the two teams who won a national championship this year in March Madness. How crazy is that? South Carolina was projected to win in 2020, and Kansas was projected to win in 2020 as well, and they both win national titles two years later. I I, I think that's a that's a storybook right there. Like that, and the guys from Kansas even said he was like, you know, in that 2020 team because they were seniors. He was like, in that 2020 team, we had something special. We knew like we could go all the way and we could win it all. But then when yeah. the tournament got canceled, it kind of upset us. And they said we had a goal since then to go back and win it for that 2020 class. And they said this is for that 2020 class that never got their national championship. So kudos to them. I mean, they did a fantastic job. Absolutely. Definitely getting that hardware for, for the, the teams and, and seniors that were, unfortunately, had to see their careers and or at least their NCAA careers come to an end in an unfortunate fashion. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tim, is there anything else? Uh, I think that covers it all. Covers it all. You know, we got a little yeah. opening day action today. You know, yeah, that's true. I was about to, uh, that, that was my final question before we left. Who hits it? Yeah. Who hits the first home run of the year? I, I, I saw the Atlanta an notification, but I for I the Atlanta Braves. Forgot. For oh, the for Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. Braves. Yes, for the Atlanta Braves. I'm saying, uh, who's batting leadoff? Is it Ozzy? Yeah, Ozzy's batting leadoff. Matt Olson's second. I'm calling it. You know what? I think Olson does it on a 1-0 count in the first inning. Okay. I don't. Beginning specific there. 1-0 count. He puts it into the chop oh, house. Man, there, there we go. He, he's even calling chop house. Oh, okay. Um, two run. I, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go two run shot. I'll go two. Okay. Run shot. Okay. So Ozzy gets on. And Matt Olson hits a home run. Um, I, I'm gonna go, uh, and I said this before we even joined on the show. I have witnesses. Um, I'm gonna go with Matt Olson, uh, as my home run guy. I, I think Austin Riley could be a good runner up. Um, I because I, I think he's hitting fourth or fifth. But my sleeper that no one's gonna talk about is Marcelo Zuna. I think he could hit one as well tonight. Um, yeah, he returns a lot. It'd be interesting to see when, because we all know the allegations and stuff that he dealt with a year ago. Uh, he, he was handed that 20-game suspension that he, the commissioner deemed uh, he, he had already served. So it would be interesting to see the reception he gets in Atlanta tonight. Yeah. And did you see the comments that are supposedly Acuna said but didn't say about that Freddie was, Freeman? That was my last I mean, thing I want to talk strange. about. It was the craziest thing I've seen this week, okay? that uh, And I should make a graphic, and that's what we should do every week. The craziest thing, and that's how we should end the show every week, Tim, is the craziest thing I saw this week. That was 2022, it. There's something crazy every week, maybe even day for day. Exactly. Ronald Acuna goes on an Instagram live with a guy I've never even heard of in my life. He's from the Dominican Republic. Okay. So that's probably why I haven't. Um, but I guess he's like a sports writer or something. Anyway, he's on Instagram live with the sports writer and claims that he did not have a good relationship with Freddie Freeman. Uh, even in the season where he kept getting plunked, as he put um by the Miami Marlins and 
he was just telling him shake it off like da, da, da. so basically he's saying that him and freddie freeman never had a good relationship tim do you agree or do you disagree with this or do you th- and do you also think what ron acuna said was wrong to say or do you think it was fair well, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm confused because he later came on Twitter and said, "I didn't say that." Yeah. <laughs> so, but obviously, like, there is. He uh, said yeah, it it's, because it's just, translated. Yeah, it's just like what 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 is happening here? It's like so. It's going to be interesting. Freddie's probably thinking, "I uh, goodness gracious, like I, I y'all treat me like this as soon as I'm gone." I, I, you know, it's, to me, it's it's not a great look. I think I think people need to kind of move past it, move on. Freddie did a lot of great things for the Braves organization. I have his jersey. I still have his jersey. I got to figure Me out too. what to do with it. Me too. Um, but you know, it's time to move on. We embrace medals and everything. And, you know, we thank Freddie when he comes to town later this year, uh, later this season, and give him his World Series ring, and we applaud him. You know, but now he's a part. He's part of the enemy. Uh, you know, that a part of a loaded you. enemy too. So. Uh, it's, it, I think we just need to move past it. I, I, I wish Ronald wouldn't have said it. I don't think, I don't think it's very, I, I don't think it's very tasteful. I don't think that it makes him sound very immature in my opinion, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's, if, if that's his opinion, that's his opinion. That's nothing you and I can change about it. But I think both of us, I think both of us agree that this Braves team needs to move on. You know, it's tough because he was so beloved, but you know what? He, he's in Dodger blue now. We've got Matt Olson who. Barring anything crazy or him just being an absolute bust, you know, we, we've got a great first baseman for the next seven years. So I'm looking forward to it. And it really does make things interesting because who do the Braves go to in the fourth series of the year? The L.A. Dodgers in L.A. Yep. Yep. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Very, very early that we see him in L.A. I, I, I'm hoping tensions aren't high, and I hope this isn't a drama thing. I think both teams just need to kind of move past it. Thank Freddie. we got a World Series ring with you. Best of luck to you, you know, in your future endeavors and wherever you want to go in your six years in L.A., and we'll ride with our guy. Awesome. Well, that's all for today's show on the Sideline Sports Show. Make sure to go and follow all of our social media platforms, Sideline Sports Show for everything except Twitter at Sideline SP Show. That's where you'll find us on Twitter. But everything else, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and YouTube is all at Sideline Sports Show or just type in Sideline Sports Show. And then finally, if you want to be like Tim, uh, head over to Section 103. Get your most comfortable uh, T-shirts that you've ever had in your life using your 10% off code SIDELINE at checkout as uh, Tim will be our model for the day for our sponsor, Section 103. <laughs> He's repping the Georgia Tech shirt. I'm, I, I will admit, I'm, I'm very proud of Tim for wearing a Georgia Tech shirt, even though we, we don't beat Clemson in anything other but basketball, baseball, um let me think what else uh probably tennis or golf or uh swim and dive or something like that but wait you know, we got you in softball football. though oh uh, see i didn't say softball no, we got baseball. you in softball we got you in football baseball it's kind of i guess whenever we're home when we're away yeah. y'all dominate us but yeah. when we're at home we got you yeah so uh but shout out to tim we're in section 103 gear today all right Today. That's gonna do sponsors. I will do whatever it is I need to do. You know. Yeah, that's true. Come that's on, true. hit us up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, make sure if you're listening on the podcast, uh, come check us out on the live stream Thursday night, six fifteen Eastern Standard Time. I think a lot of people get that confused. Um, and it will be live stream on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube every Thursday night. And then if you want to listen to the podcast or you barely listen to any of the show live, go check out our podcast. Just look up Sideline Sports Show. 
and it's all right there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. I think that's even a thing. I don't know. But there, there's, it's there's all podcast platforms. I don't yeah, know what, how all of them, but I know there's a ton of them. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for th- this episode of the Sideline Sports Show. I've got to go work on my allergies, man. Jeez, Louise. I know. Yeah. Look, I, I, enjoy opening day. Go Braves. And we will see you all next Thursday night for another edition of the Sideline Sports Show.